And we are back. Episode 14 of The Overachievers. I'm your host, Martin Amini. Thank you guys for tuning in. Today is a special day. Uh, I'm here sitting down with one of my homies, one of my good friends. Uh, he just performed on The Overachievers birthday show. It was uh, it was crazy to say the least, man. That was probably one of the most memorable shows I've ever had. I think if I had to like think about all the big moments I've had in the past six years, I think this was the biggest one for me only because my parents were in the room yeah. and it was my first time uh, I, my dad got to see an overachiever show. Like he's been to like, sh like random shows at like the DC improv or uh, probably, those are probably the biggest ones. Yeah. But uh, to, for, for him to see that many people like support me, was like yeah. <laughs> he couldn't he couldn't and so when i was trying to pick out the lineup like what who are going to be the guys that's going to like really bring it home it's my first show at the comedy loft it's a new venue for me like bringing the overachievers i was like yo i need to go with like a crew that's like all stars vets who can handle like situate like a high stakes situation and that i have chemistry with so i went with uh jason weems Alex Scott and our guest today, Mr. Ramin Mostafavi. Give yeah. it up. Yeah, man. <laughs> hey, so honored, man. It, it, it was more it was definitely more than a comedy show. Even yeah. the vibe even the vibe right in the beginning. And I was honored to know like that your family is here. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. You know, we have a little connection too, yeah. as far as like family goes. We understand culturally what sure, that family what it means. means. Yeah, yeah. Especially like our dads. Yeah. And um I can remember clear my dad's only seen me a couple of times. Um is that by choice or is that by is that is that what's the what's the vibe of the it's just it's just time just time yeah, yeah dad dad works all, all the, time, the time all the time <clears throat> excuse me and um so and i i think even if, if he had a night off the man just needs to sleep most <laughs> of the time <laughs> yeah uh, but when he's there right it it's is a, it is a lot more special it's a, yeah. and I mean, my mom's there. It's very special too, yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah. But it's just you know, when I do uh, jokes about my dad or cultural history, sure. I have a heightened awareness about what is going on. Or even like, is he going to think this is offensive? You know, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I don't think about it as there without dad there. But you know, he he's obviously um, a, a root of what uh, brings the comedy out of me. Mm -hmm. And uh, so yeah, when they're around, just like was you and I, I made a I, big point. Met your parents before the yeah. show. Yeah, 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 yeah. Grabbed yeah. your pop after the show. Yeah. Got a picture with oh, him. That, I saw it. It's so sweet, he man. He said how proud of you was, and you know, I just I love the accent, of course. And yeah, that just, it just pierces me. It yeah, pierces yeah, me. yeah. It and humanizes a lot when you see someone's father. Oh, because then it's like you kind of see the bat. Like, oh, these are like humble. These are like working class. Dude, really, like when you see my like the coolest thing when I brought my my dad on stage and the yeah. audience reacting to that because I feel like because my, my audience knows me so well, like they've throughout the years of me telling like stories about the ice cream truck yeah. and the Muslim, all these stories about my dad being in Iran and trying to come back. So when he, when finally when he got on stage, everyone kind of just this is the guy who we've been talking I about know. for years. Yeah, and it was so cool to see the yeah, reaction. It was cool, and we were all proud together. Yeah, it was like just, a moment. <laughs> oh yeah, it was yeah. like emotional, man. Yeah, dude, it yeah, was it was so cool. And baby that's, boy came up. It was one of those. Uh, yeah, man. It, like we'll, we'll never forget. Like, and I the lineup was special. You know, you were in the. It was like yeah. it was so. I I couldn't be happier, man. It was hot. It was hot. Your dad just you know, he was so proud, and he yeah yeah never yeah. been to a comedy show like this before. I mean, dude, so he's still sweet. I you know even talking to him after like to this day, he'll be like, 
I've been to so, so many shows, but that show <laughs> was something else. <laughs> I've been to shows on cruises. I've been yep, to yeah, 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 oh, I got yeah. that speech too. Yeah, I yeah, yeah. Know, this yeah. is but well. I mean, to be fair, the way I booked it, I mean, we're on we're on we're on the scene. We know what what's yeah. what. Dude, you, Alex Scott, and Jason—that's not even fair. That's yeah. like—I don't give a f- <laughs> give me a night at the like the Laugh Factor, the Comedy Store, fucking this. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not hyping. I mean, dude, I think like yeah. you putting you guys on in a DC stage, you guys will—I'll put you guys neck to neck with anyone. I uh, appreciate you know? it, man. Yeah, we 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 uh, we felt that the that the the. the the lineup was stacked and we wanted to bring it for you, you yeah know, yeah yeah friend respected peer family yeah. in the house you weems know, we, was like we yeah definitely turned it up yeah when weems i think when weems saw the lineup and everyone when alex and you saw i was ever like oh okay this yeah. is gonna be <laughs> this is what's happening tonight yeah because we don't really work together that much yeah. either and especially weems like you know he's one of my best friends so sure yeah i saw him on the lineup i hit him up i was like get it we yeah are dude. On the same show dude yeah, yeah dude it's gonna yeah. be and it was a hype the energy was crazy yeah, you yeah. know so uh yeah, yeah man oh man we've known each other we've known each other for the past since literally i think the first month i started yeah and uh the cool thing about you is um you're not just a great comic but you are a great producer yeah, you, you are the f- for those who don't know ramin uh, it produces um he's the founder of cool cow comedy which produces uh live stand-up shows not just in like virginia Maryland, DC, like all a little bit over yeah. the DMV area. Yeah, I poke around a little bit. My my, my flagships are out in like Lorton and Fredericksburg. I'm yeah. more of a south of DC type producer, yeah. but I pop up in Rockville and you know private shows here and there when people want to. So how did you get into that producing like shows in Lorton and Fredericksburg? Is that something <laughs> like that's not? A, I feel like something needed to happen for that to just yeah. You don't just well, end up in Fredericksburg. Well, you know you do uh, <laughs> when you when you get married and you can't afford to live in northern virginia so oh, find, that's what so that's you what find it was. you a little farmhouse project out in fredericksburg and how far are we uh, from fredericksburg from this spot probably an hour 15 okay you know i mean rush hour you're about four weeks okay away. yeah but <laughs> it could take forever to get there but uh yeah it wasn't that bad especially when i was coming in doing like open mics or running uh, i had a little uh originally ragtime which is in arlington now was an open mic back in the day yeah. now it's more of a long form open mic four comics on the show type thing but back then if i had to come in on a i think it was tuesday nights in the beginning okay and uh but there was no traffic got it so it was a flat hour coming into arlington back then not too bad wasn't bad and then um because i lived in fredericksburg i was aware of the fact that there was no comedy out there to speak of. There there was one little club you know but um i felt like there was space for a maybe a higher level sure that, that we could bring um a more polished scene uh, I knew the comics in D.C. Um, I knew the scene well enough. Uh, so because I lived there, I just uh, yeah. got in touch with the local Marriott and we formed a relationship and we've been doing shows there for six and a half years. So you've been doing stand up for eight and a half years, right? Uh, seven and a half. Seven and a half. Mm-hmm. So walk us through. So people who don't know you, tell us the story of how you even got into it, because you started off as a uh, in an improv troupe, right? Or uh, no, actually, um, I was a I was a theater major at George Mason University. Okay, going back to George Mason yes, days, college <laughs> days. Okay, and uh, was I, that something that you always were trying to? Because I don't. Again, I don't think you just end up being a theater major. Yeah, that's something I, um, that you got to really like. Yes, sir. I, I, or like guys, I don't know. The <laughs> I like them all. Yeah. I like them all. My passion um, for performance was, I mean, I guess rooted in childhood, but I didn't okay. really. 
start um, trying to be on stage until I was in high school. Uh, I I don't even remember. It was either my junior year or senior. Year of Walk high us school. back through the whole because you from high. Where'd you go to high school? McLean High School. McLean. Okay, yes, that's sir. a pretty. Con- is that a conservative area? What's the uh, what's the vibes in McLean? Affluent, I, rich. Yeah, yeah. People have predominantly white. Yes, sir. For those who can't see Rami's or, face, he's a he's a very Persian man. Yeah, well, Mo, I, if you I, haven't got Rami Mostafavi, <laughs> you're gonna get a hint. So, but, and you and you came from you were born in Iran. I was born in Kerman, yes, but my family uh, came over here when I was less than a year old. Okay, so you were fully integrated by the time you, by the time you reached McLean uh-huh. High School. Yeah, well, they li- moved into the Midwest. We lived around the Midwest, and then we lived in uh, right outside of Baltimore until I was about ten years old, and then bang, uh, McLean, Virginia. From there, so it was a out. smooth. Uh, childhood was pretty it was fine my dad was a professor he moved around to different universities we sort of followed that and then okay. finally when we ended up in McLean, he opened up with my mom some uh, video stores oh and uh that was the game for video a while stores. though they ran ice cream trucks back in the day no way yes, so sir. wait your dad went from being a professor to opening a video store yes sir it's an interesting transition he was tired of the game yeah you know uh inside the, that the walls like of real, universities that must have been very intense for an iranian dad to be like a professor as a as a child because then he's like, you know, because Persian parents already expect straight A's. But yep. then having a Persian professor dad, yep. it's like, you need to get A+. Plus. <laughs> <laughs> that, my parents were, it wasn't that much pressure really? uh, from my parents. They, they were chill? They were what? like more of the, they were cool Persians? Yeah, parents? not totally that way. Actually, my mom's American. My mom's oh, so you're, German, you're, Scotch, Irish, uh, oh. or whatever, uh, you know, the, the But you speak Farsi, though. Now. I don't. Oh. No, I I mean you know if I pick up a phone, yeah, I can you do can enough say to couple, like couple things get you to my dad. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's it. Yeah, and I'm you know as the older you get, the more you, every time you meet an Iranian, they always tell you that they shame, and I am ashamed of it. At yeah, this point. I still get that, dude. I get that. I all the hate time. it. It's the it's they will shame guilt like make you oh, feel like you're nothing. You can't speak Farsi. Oh yeah. What is wrong with you? <laughs> Who is your family? Yeah, like, yo. but especially like I've met like I got this boy, my boy Justin. White dude looks like a tow truck driver. Speaks fluent Farsi. Yeah, knows yeah. way more about Iranian culture than I do, yeah. and that is even more shame. I suck. At, I just suck. At, I, I grew up just being terrible at learning languages. That's, right just, that's my Achilles heel, man. <laughs> I just, you know, that's why my little nephew is killing me right now, yes, dude. Sir. It's a real. He's, he's count. He could do it Farsi, Spanish, but he's two. I think little kids develop so quickly. Oh, for sure. Their brains are for sure. But, but we missed the boat on that, and that that yeah. is frustrating. So anyway, there I am. Uh, my my parents. Uh, open of these video stores and I worked there for a number of years along with my siblings it was it was a good time good childhood all was fine and then somewhere in high school did you um, help out at the video store oh yes I worked there for years so did you have the porn section in the back with the with the with the the little slide well that was one thing my parents never wanted to do really Uh, yeah because that was I remember going not necessarily going back in the porn section with my dad but I remember when video stores (laughs) were around there was always that like every video store had that oh yeah it was a big hustle back then yeah nah I mean um, For all you kinda, kids listening, you know, yeah. back you had to get on the VHS tapes. Yeah. You, know, you had to go through some special doors. That's right. To get access. You had to sneak through those curtains where That's they right. couldn't see you were a minor. Mm-hmm. And get a look at some T and A. So right they never there. had no 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 VHS. No, no, no interesting no, they, titles. They didn't want to do it. Even though, and I respected that. Yeah, I mean, they they could have made easy money. A, off whole, of it. a wholesome family video store business. Yes, sir. Uh, it was, and um, we had good years there. And uh, and then somewhere in high school, I remember the first like sort of theatric performance that I took on was I ran for uh, election, like uh, some student election. Yeah. And I was like uh, the anti-election guy, so I ran in like a ironic way. Yeah. And I did this ridiculous joke speech 
but it caused such an uproar that I ended up getting elected Whoa. By, by some landslide. And then I was a total, at McLean. At McLean. And then I was a total jackass on the, you know, on, in the, uh, with the whatever it's called on the board or what do you get elected? Yeah, to? the SGA. Yeah, the SGA. Very good yeah. call. I was the vice president, and I was. Yeah, I shook things up a little bit. I, good. I just because I, it was one of those things like I didn't want it in the first place. So yeah. then I'm gonna get in there and I'm gonna fight. I ended up I ended up liking it quite a bit, respecting um, the process. So you ended it. up as a, as a young dude, you were kind of rebellious and uh, you loved irony from a young age. There was a lot of irony. I was not rebellious. I was by no means a a, a bad kid at all. Did I you was, watch stand up? Did you watch stand up? Absolutely. Kid? Yeah. Who are your guys sure. when you're? Uh, well, I mean, uh, earlier we were talking about Jake Johansson. I remember Jake yeah. Johansson from back in the day. Yeah. And, uh, he was definitely. Definitely, definitely big time up there. But um, no one I remember, like specific Mark Marin. Yeah, um, that was like your generation of yeah, guys. Yeah, yeah, and I'd see him on Comic Strip on yeah, cable. Yeah, you yeah. Know? Um, I was definitely probably when you were coming up. Stand up probably wasn't in. The, it's probably uh, in the years after the boom. It wasn't popping. Yeah, it feels like as of recent, it's gotten this resurgence of like, oh for sure. It feels like everyone's doing like there's comedy. Just everyone's looking for it. Absolutely. Everyone's trying to watch it. Absolutely, shows and, are packed out. And a lot of people ask that question, like, "Who's your favorite comic?" All that. I, I, I love. We love. I love a lot of the comics yeah. today. I sure. don't watch a, a whole lot of specials all the way through. Yeah. My roots go back to, and if you ever see me perform live, you'll see that I've got some Don Rickles in me. Yeah, and that's my guy from back in the day. Yeah, you know, I love a good cut up. Some of, one of my favorite clips of Rickles is uh, when he's uh, performing for. I want to say Reagan. Say, say it. Yes. Oh man. Oh. Yes. It was st- and the way it was like the way the the stage was set up because it's like it's kind of a nightmare, but the way he owned it, hilarious. Because you gotta imagine like. The, the, the intensity of performing for not just the president, but like just like the whole Congress. It was like oh, all yeah. these political oh, figures. Just murder. Just high stakes. Emmanuel Lewis was there. Yeah. <laughs> and just like just ripping on the president, the oh, sitting yeah. president and his wife. Oh, yeah. It's just like, whoa. Going too fast for you, Ronnie? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, I, you know, I'll, I'll be lying if I'd ever said that I, I envision myself being put in situations where I'm like, wrote like performing for like po- you know political figures like yeah. that that's like a dream come true yeah, man, man. that would be amazing oh yeah yeah no that guy was a killer so I, one of my great, greatest compliments i've ever received is uh, somebody after a show one time said you remind me of don rickles i was oh, like dude. yes you know hell yeah dude. you can get in there and burn them up and everybody's laughing together it's just yeah. such a beautiful that thing. means you got a future because you, you could be 30 40 year more years and you'll you know still be I mean? and you'll still be rickles interesting you say that because there's a lot of times where like i started late Okay. Comedy. I was 30, when, 34 th- years old. You started 34, and how old are you now? Yes, sir. 41. Okay. Mm-hmm. So, as far as our game is concerned, you know, we got guys starting, what, 17, 18, 18 17, yeah, 22, yeah. whatever. And, then we, and we know those guys, man. Yeah. We know them. And, and they're, you know, they're, they're lovely. They're no issues there. But I just think, you know, they have so many years to develop and, and get in. But I think w- what's interesting to watch sometimes and what, what remains to be seen a lot of, about a lot of young comics is, you know, they can get on stage and they can get in, you know, certain cool rooms. Uh, Opportunities. Uh, opportunity. But they're making hashtag jokes and they're wearing backpacks. Sure, yeah. Are these dick jokes, is that is that where it ends for you? Like, are you going to be funny are you gonna in 10 years? Yeah. Interesting. I don't know yet. Uh, There's been a I, few exceptions from like back in the day. You know, we have some examples like, um, for example, Chappelle started when he was 14. Okay, yes. Uh, there's been a couple other guys. um, uh, I can't think, but there, you know, Kevin Hart. Like, if you look at some of the like names now, if you go back to when they started, you're like, oh wow, Kevin Hart started when he was 19. And, yeah. But these are guys who they've they've hung in there and they've like really evolved because they didn't hit till they. they Louis started when he was like 18. These guys didn't hit until they were 16 years in. Right. That's, that's like the old, that's the old school. That's, that's the old school. Yeah. Yeah. 
Chappelle, I would argue, was not... He didn't start out as like a crude. It wasn't all about balls, titties, and ass and fucking. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it was always intelligent, and he's right. he's maintained that throughout. Yeah. Obviously, yeah. he's always more mature. He's yeah. got some married kids jokes now, whatever. Sure, yeah. But he's still cool. Yeah, he's still relevant. You know, yeah. and he he, he, he can still kind of do sort of his same swag. Yeah, as always. What what I wonder about with some of the younger ones we see, like I'll, I'll call them millennials. I don't know Gen Z or whatever. They're so cool and so embedded in being cool with cool jokes. Right. How it, it'll be interesting. Will, yeah. Will Will they be able to still create jokes and make people laugh in yeah. their thirties? Because I, I, there's gonna get a time where irony gets played out. Like irony. Well, now you, you're suddenly you're the you're the one you were making fun of. I mean, right. You know, yeah. Now yeah. You're yeah. The old yeah. One. That's it's, you're right. It is gonna be interesting. And honestly, uh, yeah. When you get in front of like an audience that uh that have real jobs, yeah. they come. They want to. Come out and just laugh at some, you know. It's hard. I have the opposite challenge. Yeah. You know, I get into a basement full of 22-year-olds. I got to have a different gear. Yeah. I can't get on stage and be like, you, you know, you know, married life, don't you? Yeah. Who here's been divorced? You but know? you got a, you got a gear that you can connect on a higher, like, your jokes are so well-crafted. And if you, I mean, if you in, truly enjoy stand-up comedy, then you would enjoy, like, you. Like, you know what I mean? Like it's because you reached a level where your jokes are so well written and it's crafted. It doesn't matter if it's about kids or family. It's engaging I because I was t- I was talking to a comic about this recently. As long as you're being like honest and vulnerable, people feel uh, it's relatable. Yeah. It doesn't. You know, you might not have kids, but if you like you are if you're skilled enough to articulate what you're going through, you're, it's going to connect with anyone who's there for stand up. I agree with that. Somebody gave me some really good advice at one point. I wish I could remember for credit, but, (laughs) uh, you know, I would, I would approach shows, younger crowds sort of in a similar way. Cause I'm, I'm generally, I'm a club comic or if I produce a show, I'm drawing in sort of peers or older. So I'm sort of used to that. And then when I get into like these younger crowds, I was approaching them kind of in the same way. And I remember somebody said to me, um, you need to speak to them in a way that's like bringing them to your world instead of asking them to relate to your current circumstance. Like saying, they're just transitions, like when you get older, mm-hmm. you know, you just wait to see when. And it, it helps them uh, kind of look to the future rather than feeling like they need to be me right now. Yeah. It's a but subtle you'd be, thing. But you'd be surprised because even if they're not that age, they know someone that age. They do. They, you know what I mean? Like it's not that everyone's got that uncle or everyone's got that uh, cousin or aunt or, you know what I mean? They, 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 they have, they're not... F- that far removed it's true that's what but, i mean that's what i mean by like if you're there for stand-up now there's rooms where there's people who are not necessarily they're there because it's cool or it's not but if they're truly there for a comedy show yeah. and they're willing to engage yeah. it's up to the comic to like i think meet them the, like the other way it you is know. for sure but i am definitely i'm admittedly conscious of you know what the demographic is and yeah oh you have to be and sometimes i try to craft jokes that are quote unquote younger than me yeah you know you've encouraged me to do a couple of yeah. hip-hop jokes that yeah, i yeah, have yeah, 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 in yeah. crowds that Need it, and dude. I'm in this. I'm in the reverse situation. Yeah. I go into rooms where, cause like you know, I have the the the, the luxury of being in D.C. where the crowds are generally 20s and early 30s, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Then I venture out when I want to work the road. I'm in situations where it's like, I'll be lucky to get someone under the age of 50. To right. Come, you know what I mean? Those where, are my shows. And it's like <laughs> right. And so, and I got some shows coming up with you where yeah. it's like. You know, in prior years, I would be uh, very concerned and and, and, and have anxiety about what are they going to get me. But I've gotten to a point where it's like the jokes are are, it's just telling my story. They hold themselves up. They hold themselves up. Because I've seen you evolve. 
Martin. Sure. I've yes. Seen, yes. Know, and talk- I will. And I will admit. You know, I definitely. It took me six years yeah, to. You got re- voice now. You got penetration. Like you come. Uh, you came out to a winery. Right. In Leesburg. Yeah. And yeah. Blew it up. Thanks, man. I right? mean, dude. Yeah. And it, again, I got to credit doing your shows and working outside of my comfort zone. Yeah. You can't do rooms that you're always comfortable can't. in. You can't. You're not going to grow. Agreed. It's like doing the same workout every day. You got right. your muscles have to be challenged in another way. And I learned by watching you, man. Nah. You, you are not, but you are a guy. You Weems. You know how? Like how do you get? Like sometimes you could just sit there and be like, man, I wish you could be as funny as Jason Weems. But then it's like. You can't if you just got to put yourself in these like situations where you're not meant to win. You know, you have to overcome some like some really tough. I mean, I remember I did a uh, we did a Jason and I, we did a, a, a private event. It was um like at a country club. Uh, I think you might have done it. Bethesda. Bethesda. Yeah. The Bethesda Country Club. Yeah, and it yeah. was for like people. Membership to that club was like 80,000 a year. <laughs> and, you know, we had no business trying to entertain these people. Yeah. But they, you know, they we got the gig and I'm the MC. Weems is the closer. And. You know, I'm I'm I have anxiety. I'm like, man, these are the people that like I've always for I've always had a complex about trying to make rich people laugh. That's okay. been like my biggest like I don't know what it is, but I fold in front of rich people. Okay. Because I just I just don't feel like uh just how I grew up in like the neighborhood I grew up and just like whatever I went through. I was like, eh, yeah. how can now I feel like I'm in front of the people who I felt like I was never I was being judged by my whole life. Okay. And then so when I'm on stage, I'm not myself. I'm not like the guy who you see at the overachiever show or a big hunt, like comfortable. Yeah. I'm like trying to impress. I'm trying to like please them. How did it go? It went, it went good. And I think the moment I just said, you know what? Fuck it guys. You know, uh, you know, this is what's, this is me. This yeah. is what we got. I, I'm the host. Yeah. So my job is to really just get it, get it set yeah. up for the next guys. It went good enough. But then by watching Weems, just not give a fuck, get off stage, <laughs> take a guy's shoe, put it to his ears. Like, what kind of <laughs> bullshit shoe is this? Throw the shoe and just, and just have the whole crowd just roll. At least like rich political lawyer, yeah, yeah. And, and, like attorneys just die laughing yeah, yeah. and just like, I want to, you know, it yeah, just, they're a great crowd, man. I've, I've yeah. been out there twice, boy. Yeah, they, yeah, yeah, they yeah. They will laugh. Yeah, but. no, it, yeah, dude, they're they're down. And that's the thing, man. It's just like being uncomfortable is, I think, a really a big part of growing and, you know, learning how to just, yeah, just kill. Yeah. No, it's fine. You jump in there sometimes, you know. Dude, got to jump in. Got to fail. Got to fail a well, bunch. Well, you know, I, I, I've been in situations where I've asked – it's scary. Like sometimes you get in conversation with like an. Oh, I love older people at crowds. I mean, like eighties. I love yeah. them. I just think they're that's my so, that's my nightmare. They're so cute and they're so funny and they're state. They're the ones that don't give a fuck for sure. Yeah. Uh, and then I found myself asking, you know, an older woman, like, uh, "How long have you been married?" Oh, 51 years. Where is he tonight? He's dead. Okay. Well, now what do I got? Oh, my God. <laughs> you know? Yeah. So you're, you're, and you're ready for that moment. You got to be. Yeah. You got to be. You know, you come up with some, some, you know, dating Joe. And then, you know, as long as it wasn't like yesterday that he died, yeah, she wouldn't sure. be at a comedy show. Of course. Her. So you end up, you know, finding those situations and, um, and working your way out of them just from, from having done it. Done it. You know? and, and experience uh, it. Yeah. Yeah. The other, the other day at the, we did a show at the Improv. I had a, a woman there like that. I mean, it did some unique stuff. Uh, it was yeah. an interesting show, man. We had a table of chatty of chatty women. They were great audience members. They were just chatty. So I was supposed to close the show, and the whole show they're being told to be quiet, be quiet. You know, they had a couple of warnings. They almost had to kick them out because yeah. they were being disruptive. So I decided to take the stage and invite one of them on stage with me. You wow. know, now their friends are going to pay attention. Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> and they did. And she was great. We had a great time and turned the show. So. Wow. But I didn't know. Uh, she could have come up there and 
hated me. Hated you, or could have yeah, <laughs> or I could have just been not funny at all. Yeah, but it's, it was worth the risk because they were being they were definitely. Were they sitting in the front? No, nah, they were actually in the back. Mm. And we brought them up, and and her friends had they had a ball, and she was great, and we had a really good time. So it was just one of those risky moments where I, I was like, yeah. all right, <laughs> let's see what happens, I, dude. I get it, man. <laughs> I get it. I get it. I still do things where I'm super like just tonight. I went up at a mic yeah. where I just like I, I I don't I never want to remove myself from situations where I feel like I'm too good to go up on uh, where it's not the odds are not in my favor or okay. I might not get the response I I want. Yeah, I'm like dude. Well, sometimes when you're doing you know big big popping shows, you just you, there's a response that you want that feeds you. Yeah. Uh, but we still got to get down there and build brick by brick yeah. down, down yeah. in the rooms where there's only 12 people. Sure, yeah, yeah, yeah. And it seems like you you got to where you're at pretty fast. Uh, like you had a you're on the fast because you said you started late, which is mm-hmm. uh, like for those listening, stand up comics tend to start in their what early 20s I'd maybe say early 20s, early 20s a is, a like, lot, the, is yeah. like the yeah the median. Uh, Rami, you started in your 30s, but within his first two years. He ended up featuring at the DC Improv, which, again, for those listening, the, the, the featuring at the DC Improv is, A, doesn't happen for a lot of comics who ever just don't get that type of opportunity to begin with. Like, we were talking about comics in general just working yeah. and make, like getting into a, a position where they can even feature is just hard enough. But to get that to that level of two years is huge, is a big deal. Uh, it's almost like... Um, like you're a natural, naturally, like you know, you you just can't kind of just figure it out your voice early on. Uh, well, I I, I mean, it was all I mean, unbelievable. You know, I featured um, for uh, my first feature, I think was uh, was Dave Attell. Uh, I'd hosted prior to that. Of Can course. you imagine? Just man, then, your first uh, feature gig. Yeah, yeah. That's the must have been for Dave Attell, one oh, of the yeah. the, le- the legends of comedy. Oh, and he was so nice. He was uh, such a nice. That's guy. good to hear when everyone's. Oh my nice. gosh, I know. Because when you hear the opposite, you uh, they, I, for me anyway. I watch their comedy the next time. I'm like, yeah, but he's a dick. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, yeah. When I hear they're nice, it boosts him a little bit. He was yeah. so nice that uh, host came down from New York, Courtney Farrington. Yeah. Car broke down on the way. David Tell drove him back to New York. Incredible. Because he d- didn't have a car. How nice is it? It's just amazing. Yeah, wonderful. Anyways, uh, yeah, I had a blast. But I, I don't know about found my voice, because right, I still think my voice is changing mm. now. I think in the beginning, I was a more, like, caffeinated me. <laughs> it was uh-huh. just a higher, like... Uh, that was the performance uh, side? Yeah. The theater side? I, maybe. George Mason? Maybe <laughs> George Mason. <laughs> coming out? Tune me up, yeah. yeah. But uh, so I, what I'm enjoying now is that I'm able to play. I still have that gear, that fifth gear, I'll call it. But I can make people laugh now in a first and second gear because the jokes yeah. are, I think, smarter than they used to be. So sure. I can the, you can I rely can on the writing. Back. I can. A less little bit the, more. And less performing. A little you don't bit have more. to like act out. Not as much. Bring not the energy much. on every everything. Yeah, not as much. And that, and that's enjoyable. Uh, but I'm still I'm still crafting quite a bit. I don't write that many jokes that quickly, and that's something that I would like to get better at. Um, yeah, it seems like you do. It seems like from the years I've known you, I've like, man, he's got some new killer stuff. Yeah. But maybe because I don't see you at the in the the the, the, the mics that I like yeah. The, and the I same. I would like to start getting back to some of that as uh, we were talking before we started yeah. recording that I'm I'm feeling sort of a a, 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 a re- rejuvenation a, like a renaissance sorts, a renaissance of sorts. What, to, what sparked to get that? Back. Uh, well, you know, my life was I've been pretty beat up over the last several years. I would say on in my, in my personal life. Uh, 
you know, things don't always go as, as exclusive overachievers content. <laughs> <laughs> Ron means heartbreak. Well, exclusive was, uh, overachievers yeah, content. Yeah, it was. It was. Uh, it was a. T- it was a tough. Yeah, I had. I had a good. I had a good marriage. I had a successful marriage. I had. How long um, were you married? I was for? married eleven years. We okay. Had three wonderful children that okay. we still very very successfully co-parent at such okay. a successful level that it makes my dating life difficult because my ex-wife is around yeah. a bit yeah, and, yeah, yeah. At, and I don't mind it because yeah. I think she's cool yeah um, and the kids love it and we do well with that and I prioritize it because you know families really family if I could say whatever was my dream it was being a father and having mm. a family and uh, so I prioritize it even today when it comes to my dating life and it has hurt me a little bit I've had a couple uh, situations that I was in where um, if I told a woman that I, if maybe we don't, we've been out going out yeah. for like a month or whatever. And then, and I say, Oh yeah, well, tonight my the ex-wife's coming over, hanging out with the kids. Um, she, she might even stay over. And I, I understand how that sounds. A lot of people yeah. listening probably just went, Ooh, like that's weird. <laughs> well, I know I mean, that yeah. it sounds weird, but when you got three kids though, it's not no. necessarily like a, 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 conv- a, a traditional, it's like, you gotta, you gotta, um, what do you call it? Uh, do what works for the family, right? Yeah, I'm doing what works for the family. Right now, I mean, I, I, I am prioritizing it. And if my kids can snuggle up with their mom in bed, even if it's at my place, yeah. uh, and they feel great about it, I'm doing it. Yeah. Uh, I, I, at this at this point, at least, I haven't met somebody that not good for Not good for Bumble, though. <laughs> it's not, a bad Bumble profile. Yeah, Every once in a while, ex-wife spends the night. Yeah, yeah it's not if good for if you don't mi- If you don't mind cuddling with my ex-wife, <laughs> <laughs> then hit, hit up your boy. <laughs> I'm on the block. <laughs> and it's hard to make people understand who haven't. But the other side of it is there are a lot of adults that are have scars like me. I would. Ima- I mean, I don't know. I'm not. I haven't hit the 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 the, the forty market yet. Yeah. But I would imagine entering it, you gotta yeah. go into it understanding that yo people's got some mileage on them. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. The, the, the thirty five plus market is yeah. uh, is very understanding, and there's a lot of people. You know that'll go. Oh yeah, well I'm I'm only separated too. I'm not yeah. legally divorced yet. You know, back in those days, and because yeah. at first you enter the scene like when I first got back into dating, I was like, well I'm not legally divorced yet. Is that okay? And like you know, more than half of them were like, oh yeah, I'm not legally divorced yet either. Yeah, <laughs> I got kids and it's messed up and everybody's yeah. messed up. I'm sure, you've been on so many interesting dates. Just like what was it like? It, when you first got divorced, like your first date, what was that like? My uh, first date was like that. Must have been intense because you know, eleven years. Uh, married and then boom next thing you know you're back on bumble and tinder yeah trying to like test out which pictures you say are... back on like it existed before i got married I know, it I did s- not damn i'd get back in the aol chat room oh my goodness <laughs> i can't even dude i yeah it's no, weird man. i don't even remember and back before that the city paper they used to have like uh like personal ad, uh, it like, was a personal ad and then they had like i forget what it was called but it was like i saw you or something and you can uh, make those yeah. like i saw you on the subway yellow raincoat i think craigslist has that too yeah misconnections i think oh, misconnections, something like yeah, that. yeah it's yeah. crazy yeah yeah so yeah, what was a what was what would like a first date entail? Man, I, it's interesting. I mean, like I had a I had a different like, Chardonnay at Olive Garden. <laughs> no, I got Honestly. three kids. I don't got it like that. Yeah. Olive Garden money? No. <laughs> um, <laughs> but it's unlimited breadsticks. It it's is, like that is that's kind of. Balling. I'll go in for the breadsticks. Yeah. I'll go in for the breadsticks. <laughs> uh, not uh, the end of my marriage was uh, unconventional. Okay. Um. So we had experienced an open marriage situation for the oh, last okay. four and a half years. Um. And it was uh, it was challenging. Who's who, who? Whose idea was that? 
it wasn't mine. Okay. Um, but you know, but in, in a partnership, I decided that I would I would be willing to give it a try. Sure. Just because make the marriage. I loved her, and I yeah. you know, we had kids. And I didn't want to just be like, oh, you want that? Well, I'm out. So yeah. I thought, all right, you know, for better for worse, let's see what's up. Maybe I can do this. And and it, it wasn't like immediately like all like everything just wide open. It's stair yeah, stepped. It was little bits at a time, and over the four and a half years, things developed, things changed. Um, can you can you tell a story about what what was a, the breaking point of like what was like the you know what four years of this open marriage yeah this is like I uh, I got to a point where I just I had fought and fought to make it feel normal for me yeah and it just didn't and it was yeah. killing me it was eating me alive and I do believe that there are people that are built for that lifestyle I truly believe it because I was in it and I saw people yeah. that successfully had 30 year polyamorous relationships is there a uh, is there a like secret society is there like a society yeah, yeah. absolutely so you, you were in the Illuminati it's like Illuminati Illuminati you, of do you have a card do you have like a do you have like a nah they don't <laughs> like just a, give that shit out <laughs> you could just have like a can you like a Costco card yeah, with their can, face on it like yo I was I'm in I'm in the club it's normally a holiday in card by, by associate yeah. oh Oh, <laughs> you wouldn't believe like you roll into I, I I see things now. It's 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 like I've been it's like I've been inside the Illuminati. Yeah. Now. Anytime I'm in a public place, I can kind of look around and go, uh, that's a table of swingers. Or yeah. uh, you know, I are you walk into a hotel and you see a bunch of random singles walking in. I'm like, oh, they're all meeting in the same room. It uh and it's astonishing, yeah. honestly, on the inside. And they're great people, nothing wrong with them. Sure, sure, sure. It's just a li- lifestyle. But the right? people you meet is like this one's a lawyer, this one uh you know, goes to church on Sunday every right, Sunday. Uh, right. This one's a teacher, yeah. kindergarten. You know, but but they have alternative lifestyles. Um, and I learned a lot. I learned a lot. And the biggest thing I learned was that it was not for me. Yeah. But I do not disrespect those that choose that lifestyle. Yeah. Is that? You know, I would imagine. Man, that's like the it's like a small minority of people, but it's definitely a bi- a group big enough. It's where not as small as you think. Really, I guarantee you, there's people that you know that's a part of that this have life. a. Uh, alternative contract with their partner. Maybe mm. not necessarily open or swinger or something like that, but a lot of people have little things in their marital contract to make it work for them. Sure. And I think that's fair for their relationship. Is it like as a, as a guy, you like is it hard to be like you you wanted to be open but it's like yo, you can't cuz usually it's like women that's like like no, you have to be it's like monog- like monogamy is usually a priority. For, that's for the stereotype. That's the stereotype, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. But uh, is there like, like, is that what made you wait four years? Because I don't know if I could like four years. I was like, yeah, that's a long time, man. It was a battle. Well, the first the first couple of years, I was just I didn't I, I couldn't. There was nothing I could do. I was yeah. just I was in I was in shock. I was kind of in recovery. I was trying to be supportive. And you're still doing stand up at this point, right? I was doing stand up. Damn. There yeah. were a couple of shows where I tried to talk about it, but rooms get really uncomfortable. Yeah, isn't it interesting how like rooms. Mm-hmm. Just tighten up. Like the moment you try to, that's like too, too, too real. Yeah. It's too. They didn't want to get into it. I promise you, man, you're going to get to a point where like you can, you're going to be able to talk about it where like, because the audience is going to, A, you're going to have like a font, like a following. <laughs> and then the people you're going to be able to talk about it. And people are going to be like, yo, that's fucking. Cause that's like a, a level of no one's really touched that yet on stage. I don't think yeah, anyone's. I, I don't know. I don't, I, I don't know what would, ha- what could happen with it. I certainly don't have any jokes uh, in the mill about it. Yeah. No, nothing ever like kind of worked. So I never even yeah. worked I remember, on it. I remember trying to talk about my dad fighting other ice cream truck drivers like early on mm. and it just, I couldn't make it funny. Mm. I just didn't know how to make, cause it was just a very raw, like I've seen my dad get arrested. I've seen my dad like fight other 
ice cream truck drivers. Mm. I've seen, you know, uh, I've seen a lot like over the years, just physical fucked up shit. Yeah. And it's like, it gets, it gets really, but then how to turn that into a, a funny bit or yeah. a story or a yeah. story that people are going to root for. Like, all right, let's hear this out. Yeah. Or even like me dealing in high school, people don't understand like that was a real thing. Like that was or very real experiences at a young age. I was like making like thousands of dollars as a 16 year old, you know? And, yeah. uh, and just dealing with like these like Asian gangsters and just like crazy stuff and like trying to make jokes about that. Like, how do you turn raw things into a funny joke yeah. that like a f- wholesome family can laugh at? <laughs> you know, it's like, tough, man. you know, you're right. It's fun. Like, ice cream truck world is real. And I, I, my my parents early on did. And just as a tidbit, I wasn't there, but my dad has a scar across his hand. Whoa. Um, uh, he was in Chicago selling ice cream and they ran out of ice cream. Oh my God. And the community didn't like it. They came Jesus. out shaking the truck. They got in a, a brawl. Uh, somebody tore an antenna off of a car and they were whipping my dad and my uncle with them because they ran out of ice cream. Jesus. And my dad has that scar from blocking an antenna. He's got a couple scars on his back Jesus. too. From running out of ice cream. That's incredible. <laughs> I got. I, I feel like there has to be more to that story because I've never, I've never heard of getting damn yeah that must have been a tough neighborhood it was hot in chicago buddy yeah man sounds like a, a very a, a neighborhood i wouldn't want to go back to yeah no not for selling ice cream Mm-mm. but anyway so dude. that's that ice cream world's rough we got some yeah man we got some ice cream scars Real in streets. yeah dude yeah yeah so anyway so where were we, we were talking about the demise of the relationship and then uh does that so yeah. as a comic obviously as a, any human that's that's a Tough. That's a very traumatic situation. But it was then, a lot. Oh, but, first date. That's what we. <laughs> yeah, we were like. <laughs> yeah, like you getting back so, into the, like. So what I was saying was, my first date wasn't really my first date because right. I started to experiment inside to just see what was going on uh-huh. out in the world. So I was familiar with the tenders and the whatever else's, and I was always honest about it. I never lied to anybody online. You know, it was always like, well, honesty is the best situation. Poly, yeah. And it wasn't like I wasn't rolling through you know yeah. i wasn't you know any of that in fact it unnerves me i don't i'm not that way in general that's why it eventually came to uh, a head where i just couldn't take the pressure of mm-hmm. being in a situation where it was it was an option for me i didn't i'm just i'm a monogamous person that's yeah. what i totally learned and found out about myself um you pushed it to the limit you oh are my God. oh I was, I was dying i was stressed out man i was on anxiety pills and it's crazy because you, you that's a long time to like try to like try to make something you know what i mean like yeah i know but then, it was but, but, but it was I, worth it to know yeah it was worth I would, it to, I was, to sweep out every corner of that room and make sure that i'd done absolutely everything i could and so did she we ended up you know just fully respecting each other and saying that's for you this is for me let's raise these kids and it's quite peaceful now man yeah yeah we, we've successfully created a co-parenting relationship with a non-sexual vibe so that if any women out there are trying to go out, she yeah. sleeps in the kids' beds if she stays over. Sure, 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 <laughs> and sure. And we, we say goodnight, and that's the end of it. But I, 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 I do like hanging out with her. She's cool. Yeah. You know, we got no problems with that. Um, she comes over to family events. When we throw birthday parties, everybody's there. It's, uh, it's a nice little thing. And I'm hoping, you know, my next chapter is I meet a somebody that is just for me and that she can come on into the fold. This is going to be well. a scripted film one day. This is going to be like, not necessarily on a ABC or CBS. This is more mm-hmm. of an FX, <laughs> HBO, uh, <laughs> like, you know, a, a series yeah. starring Rami Mustafa. That's it, man. That's yeah. it. So anyway, so I eventually did, you know, uh, 
I've, I dated a woman for about a year and a half. That was my most uh, successful endeavor. Since. Okay. And she was lovely, and um, we had a great time. It ended up not working out. And yeah. You know, but I'm still. You're you know, in a new and you're you, you know you're out there. You're in a new situation. You're yeah. happier. Yeah, and I'm, I'm meeting because of my confidence coming back. You know, I I, I was I was just torn to shreds when it all went down. But now as I'm feeling more confident, getting my feet under me, hitting the gym a little bit more, yeah. dropping a few LBs, I'm starting to date uh, women that uh, that I feel like, you know, that where, where I want to be at. You know, confidence. Yeah, successful it's women. crazy because I've known you through, I guess, throughout this whole time you've been tortured, it sounds like. <laughs> and I, I would have never guessed that you've been like that, you've been enduring that much pain. Yeah. That shows you. Guys, be nice to comedians. You know, we're just out here just trying to make people laugh. You don't know what we're going through. You know what I mean? You don't know our family life. Yeah. You know, just just, just pay us our, our rate. Don't try to haggle us. That's it. That's it. That's it. <laughs> I'm trying to get the yeah, extra man. dollars for us. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> see, guys. See love the, bucket at the see, next show. Yeah, see the struggle, man. All those green room shows, you know, just. Uh. Nah. Meanwhile, Rami's uh, we got paths, man. That's all right. You know, yeah. we just we write these chapters, we move along, and uh, and learn from it. That's I know, it. You know I know. We all got to get strong. Everyone's got their. St- I mean, I've had comics on on this podcast that have talked about you know, experience w- witnessing murders. And, yeah, and like just being in the military and having PTSD, and just you know, it yeah. feels like the reoccurring theme with the 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 the, the, the killing the comics who kill mm. have gone some through some pretty traumatic stuff you know i and i wish that i wasn't that stereotype but i think i am dude i mean yeah i, I would say you qualify dude i think you uh you are in that group and um that's just what i've i mean yeah I mean, it is a stereotype but yeah. dude you gotta be a different breed to be to be in this yeah, to be those, to be in that one that five percent group but we were kind of taking those punches man yeah dude but but you know it's all right yeah, man, you you you're out here. You you got you're wearing your laughter T-shirt. Yes, sir. It's a new merch that Rami's got for sale. He's got yeah. the T-shirts. He's a uh, he's killing it, man. Yeah, man. And uh, it was just today that uh, was announced. You're teaching at the DC Improv. Yeah, comedy class. Congratulations! Yeah, that is out today, dude. Congratulations! Oh, I yeah. saw that on Facebook. Put a big smile on my face because uh, Thanks, you deserve it. You you've been working your ass off for since I've known you. Appreciate you've it, uh, you produce shows. You've been killing it on stage, and I think. Being able to teach comedy at the DC Improv uh-huh. is huge. Yeah, I'm so honored and excited. I mean, who doesn't want to work at the DC Improv? So, Dude, when uh, when they contacted me and we this and it became real, I just was floating. You know, yeah. one, one of my buddies I mentioned, you know, Josh said, "Buddy, you've been knighted," and I, I j- he's right. You know, I feel just great about it, and I'm so excited to start. Um, class sold out. They posted it today, sold out, and I, th- I I guess less than a few hours because by the time I even saw the post, it was it was sold out. So how many um, students are in a class? We max out at twelve. Okay, you know, so we can have that intimate one. Is it the time. is it the lounge? Uh, we'll end up doing the final graduation at show the in the stage. lounge. So if someone's listening and they want to get into possibly taking classes, what are yeah. what are some prerequisites for people listening? Well, if they want to join DC Improv offers a, a beginner's class um, with Chris Kocha. Uh, it sells out constantly. Okay. On the DC Do you Improv. know what are the pr- what was the price bracket for that? You know uh, that? I'm not sure. I think the beginner's class is in the th- three to four hundred range. Okay. Uh, for it's a f- uh, four week course and then a graduation show. Cool. Uh, but the classes are you know three hours every time you meet. It's uh, it, it can be fairly intensive. You know beginners. You know, that, that learning curve is 
tremendously steep. And yeah. uh, you also don't want the, it to go for too long, too many weeks. Uh, you want to kind of get them in there, make it intense. And, yeah. uh, and then the real real world's hitting the open mics. Yeah. And then my class is a level two. Um, it, the prerequisite is either that beginner's course or uh, being on the mic scene for about six months. Okay. Uh, so people like that who just need... Um, so it's like more, more advanced. It, yeah, it's a level two. It's not like... You know, people coming in that I'm going to be like, you suck. That joke's garbage. Get out of here. You know, it's, yeah, 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 <laughs> it's yeah. people looking for uh, just some further advice, reinforcing some of the things that Chris put into place in, in the beginner's level. Um, and then taking maybe their original five minutes and trying to work on word economy, joke structure, um, how to how to how to up your performance level, polish mm. and a lot of talk about how to be a host, because, as you know, hosting is the gateway and hosting is. That's that's really the yeah. workout. That is, yeah. That's you can the, host. Yeah, you, you're going to become a feature. You don't yeah. start featuring and you don't start headlining, right? Unless you're some YouTube sensation or whatever. There are different paths. But <laughs> that's the exception. Yeah. Generally speaking, um, people are going to hire. People are going to pay you first to be a host. Yeah. So we'll focus on some of that. That's awesome, man. Yeah, and very uh, excited. yeah, no, that's that's going to be it. I can't I can't wait to see how that what what comes from that because I know. You work. You, you've been working, man. You got you got things in the pipeline. Is there any big shows you got coming up right now? Uh, this weekend, I'm at the DC Comedy Loft. I'm featuring awesome. for April Macy. Um, and let's see. Oh, you, well, you're featuring <laughs> on a show from uh, Cool Cow. Okay. Uh, what is that? April? Or excuse me, April. Um, I said April Macy. April got in my head. August, it's August, August 24th, 24th, 25th. And uh, you're featuring for Seton Smith. Fantastic. He's headlining, coming down from New York for that. Amazing. Um, yeah. So that's that's this month, and then whatever the heck else happens after that. You know. Fantastic, uh, man. Instagram is Ramost88. Yeah, man. Guys, make sure you follow follow Ramin on social media, man. He is a comedy killer. If you love stand up, this is the guy to follow. Make sure you support all his shows, Cool Cow Comedy, all throughout the DMV. And we got some. Yeah, if you if you're listening to this right now, we have tickets available for our next Overachiever show. August 23rd, we're bringing down Stavros Halkis. He's headlining. Oh, and I got, yeah. yeah. My homie's coming down, uh, our buddy Stavros. And we got uh, Marie Faustine uh, featuring along with um, Ian Lara, nice. who's a, he's, a new, he's a New York killer. So they're coming down um, and guest spot to leave Bab. So, yeah, man, we got Talib. a stack. Yeah, we got a stacked lineup. Nice. I'm very excited about it. Um, we, have a, we still have a few tickets left, but make sure you let your friends know because it's going to sell out. And pretty quickly i know we're, we're plugging here but i love stavros yeah just as a guy he's a he's a solid dude such a nice guy and then now he's, he's got this success level and he's, he's really crushing on stage but you know just before all of that you know he's just a sweet uh respectful person yeah uh off stage and um you know i remember when he was developing uh, within the first few times i saw him I said, buddy, if ever I'm headlining and I have the opportunity, please be my feature. Yeah. You're so he's just so endearing and likable. Yeah, likable. And, yeah. The whole like, thing. And he's a stand up dude. He's a he's yeah. a solid guy, man. We yeah. spoke on the phone today and one thing I like about Stav, no matter where he's at in his career, he is the same guy from like our open mic days. Yeah. Like he is the consistently there's other friends. I mean, again, it's not even like a, 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 a dig on anyone else. It's just like we all go through our uh you know, w- range of emotion but Stav has been consistent yeah. he's like he does a good you know because like we all have our battles for sure but like dude he 
I don't know what what he's doing, but he's just he his his natural state is just a good dude. Yeah, he is. He is, and he's one of those. You know, sometimes I admit I see some people moving up the ladder, and I'm like, this asshole. Yeah, like, yeah, 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 yeah. But you know, there's people you root for too. Yeah, and dude. He's definitely in that category. For yeah, me. dude. And I put you in that category. So thank I you for doing that. this, man. Um, yeah, man. This is uh, episode 14. Thank you guys for listening. Uh, see you guys in the next episode. Thanks.